Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is not only to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon in conversation about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and in our community. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. So, Jeremy. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, your chosen method of correcting people is grabbing them by the shoulder and shaking. Natural. Yeah, yeah, natural. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Your your natural (laughs) inclination in correcting people is to grab them by the shoulders and shake them. Is there a time you can think of where you've needed to be grabbed by the shoulders and shaken? My life. (laughs) <laughs> Every day of my life, you can, you can ask Rebecca for more specific examples. Anytime my ego or emotions get in the way of me acting like Christ in a situation, hmm. I definitely need to be shaken up, especially when it's in a public or or in a situation where I know that I'm the example in the room for yeah uh, whether it be children for youth for young adults and i just know that like in the moment i fell like i fell short foot and mouth talk about it, young adults how i get foot and mouth a lot and i feel like i say things at the very worst possible time mm-hmm. uh and so those are the moments where i'm just like i want to shake myself and smack myself upside the head mm-hmm. uh, but god's you know just been so graceful and sometimes has given me, like I said, awareness of that in the moment so that I can verbalize it and uh, talk about where I fell short hmm. with those in the moment instead mm-hmm. of feeling like weeks later, like, oh, I wish I'd handled that differently. or yeah. uh, And then it feels like it's so far apart that you don't want to tell the people that were in the room, like, I really shouldn't have been like that because it's like, they weren't thinking about it for two weeks, but I was thinking right. about it for two weeks. Yeah. Um, so God's just been really good at like before we depart. I'm like, hey, I didn't handle that right. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you find God more and more stopping you from getting to that point as you grow closer to him? I mean. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I mean. Because it's great when he corrects us in the moment. Mm hmm. But do you find yourself even getting caught before you do it more and more? Oh, absolutely. I think that's just a natural part of walking with him regularly mm-hmm. is that it just becomes less extinctual to sin. I don't want to say sin, but like mm-hmm. to be less Christ-like in attitude and actions. Yeah. Like you just have more of a grateful heart, more of a humble uh, walk. And so those things, as you grow in those characteristics, then you just naturally avoid other things. It's more of my brain works very quick. And as soon as I have a thought, it spits out. Yeah. And like in my, even just like my sense of humor, it's very quick-witted. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm reactionary yeah. to what I'm absorbing and then spitting out whatever I think is funny immediately afterwards. Uh, and I don't really care if other people think it's funny, but if it amuses me, and then sometimes I was like, oh, maybe this wasn't the time and place, or maybe that was uh, stepping over a line. And so just trying to catch myself before it comes out. And there's been, mm-hmm. there's been times, like even the other week, I remember, Rebecca, I was at my in-laws, and I, I forget what happened. And I was like... <gasps> on the edge to say something. I was like, nope, 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 nope. And as soon as we got in the car, I was like, okay, Rebecca, remember this conversation? This is the joke I wanted to say. But I'm I, glad did I didn't. 
<laughs> and then we could laugh about it in the car. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, getting much better at that. Yeah. How about you, Scott? When was the last time you needed to get shaken up? That's a good question. The last time I needed to. I don't know that I can think of one off the top of my head. But I, I've found that the closer I walk with Jesus, the less times I have to be shaken. Mm. Because you learn to recognize the voice. Like even uh, yesterday... Somebody told me something and I wanted to fire off a snarky email right away um, and just felt that don't like don't. Mm. All right. I need to sleep on this. I need to pray about this. I need to get to the heart of my own emotions and response Mm -hmm. in this. So it's not too often these days that I feel like I need to be shaken about yeah. something um corrected all the time yeah <laughs> stop from doing things on the regular yeah. but um but i find the times of needing to be shaken are, are, are fewer and and farther between yeah so how do we grow in those areas how do we grow to the point where we can be corrected by a gentle and humble answer we don't need to be smacked upside the head by yeah. a two by four spiritually speaking yeah. no i th- i think reflecting on colossians 4 verses 5 and 6 where it talks about the acting wisely mm-hmm. in front of the outsiders and and one of the proverbs i quoted about how um the beginning of uh, uh the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom yeah and so our relationship with God, how we revere him, how we view him, how we act based off of that in service, in walking with him and doing the things we're called to do. If we're doing that daily, then we just grow naturally mm. in how we're to act wisely mm-hmm. in front of outsiders, in front of our own people, just acting in general. And so it's really adhering to that daily personal relationship with God, acknowledging who he is, what he's done, and what he's called us to do, doing that on a regular basis makes those things become so much more natural. And the next verse in Colossians, when it talks about our speech being full of grace, seasoned with salt, and then the last phrase is, so that you will have the right response for everyone. Mm. It's not a, you're going to be an apologist and you're going to have every answer for everyone's question ever about the Bible. Right. Um, It's a, by being in constant relationship with God and being in the word daily, you will naturally remember and know what the word says and you'll be able to share it more. And when we come at those conversations with grace and seasoned with salt, then God just is able to lead you and use you easier in conversations. Um, And so we think like, you know, I don't even know how to start conversations or I feel like I need to study this amount before I'm able to really share or talk about God mm-hmm. with people. And it's if you're in that daily walk, it just naturally starts to flow and, and God will open up those opportunities for you to to share those things and, and not feel the pressure of I need to know everything about God ever before I can even start a conversation about him. So what I hear you saying is being faithful even in those small things, yeah. day by day and mm-hmm. week by week, actually matters. Oh, I would say it's one of the most important things. There's people I've met, but then there's also people I know and respect that there are Bible scholars that are atheists, hmm. that they, you know, love reading scripture. They've dedicated their scholarly career to reading scripture, and they don't believe in God, and they don't believe 
who Jesus says he was and all of those things. And so you can have a lot of knowledge of the word. And if you're not in that daily relationship, you know, you limit yourself from have it reflected in your life to have the fruit of the spirit, you know, pour out of you and have God work in and through you. Mm-hmm. I think we tend to discount how much those small acts of faithfulness matter yeah. over the long term. Um, I forget where I heard it, but uh, somebody said we tend to overestimate what we can do in one year and underestimate what we do in 10 mm-hmm. um, or how much we can grow. You know, yeah. we tend to think, oh, well, you know, after a year of following Jesus, I should be. Yeah. Wherever. But I'm, look at a baby, right? You're look talking to baby. You're talking to. <laughs> I love to look at your baby. Um, but you're saying, like, he's eight months old, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about him in the sermon on Sunday. Eight months old, he's not walking yet. No. And that's okay. It is. He's okay. got to be getting close, though. He um, is. He is. We, I think we foolishly expect our growth to happen in leaps and bounds. Yeah. Where the reality is, is just like our human development. Yeah. It takes place day by day by day by day. Yeah. And when we think of like God the Father, perfect example, you're talking about Theo walking, right? When I see Theo crawl, we're beyond excited for him to crawl, right? Right. It's, we're going to celebrate, we're probably going to have a potluck at the church the day that Theo can crawl. And I'm so happy, overjoyed with where Theo is when he can walk. Even if he does two steps and then falls on his butt, mm-hmm. I am beyond excited because mm-hmm. he's developing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my expectation isn't for him to always be able to just do two steps and then fall on his butt. Right. I'm going to expect him to walk, going to expect him to run, going to expect him to skateboard. These are the, the expectations of yeah. some point. And so sometimes I've, I've heard and I've felt other people's walks of faith and, and my own where, oh, if I'm not skateboarding, we'll put that at the epitome of. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's the pinnacle. Here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we're not skateboarding, then I'm letting God down and I'm falling short and I'm not a, a full Christian or I'm not yeah. living up to what I'm supposed to do. But God is just happy if you're taking that next step mm-hmm. and growing and developing. We're not letting him down overjoyed with you just another day taking that step of being more faithful and saying, yes, Lord, your will be done today. I'm open to whatever you have for me. And like you said, that little bit of re- being in the word every day, praying every day, not everyone's going to go to seminary and devote full-time 40 hours a week to studying. But if you, like you said, over a long amount of time, you can read through the Bible in, even if you span out, a lot of people do like a one-year devotional. But if, let's say you set your goal for five years, because I'm not a big reader, that's a very accomplishable goal to do in five years. Even with study Bible, you can read a little extra Mm -hmm. information for context and history in five years. But how many of us have said, well, that's too big of a goal. And in those five years have done far less because we thought that it was too overwhelming of a task to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just taking that little bit at a time um, can get us so far ahead. And, And even in our, discipleship where um, in young adults, we were talking about what we're called to do and how giving the message, sharing the gospel and, Mm -hmm. and leading people to the truth. And we're sharing how overwhelming and how sometimes uh, disparaging Mm -hmm. it can be of like thinking of all the people that are currently unsaved on earth. And how can I, one person change 
make change, right? It seems like way too large of a goal to do. And so the other day I was doing basic math in a kind of a pay it forward mentality where if we were able to lean into a person um, and like deeply disciple, not a, sometimes it's a get them to say Jesus is their Lord and Savior and now they're good. They have the spirit and they can take care of their whole walk on their own. They don't need us anymore and success. Now the next one. But I think to really deeply disciple, encourage them on their walk, Mm -hmm. continue to help us all walk alongside each other in the faith. But if we deeply disciple I'll say three people, um, and for 10 years, we just really focus. It's not that we only have three relationships in the mm-hmm. body or anything like right. that, but we're intentional about mentoring and discipling three other people and leading them farther into their walk of faith. And then let's say, okay, for 10 years, roughly, different seasons of life, you never know what's happening. They move away, you move, whatever it might be. If we do that per decade, and let's say we get four decades in, that's 12 people that we've deeply discipled in the faith. Mm-hmm. And if they're able to deeply disciple another 12 people in their entire lifetime, sure. 12 people in their entire lifetime, within six generations, we have almost 3 million people deeply discipled in walks of faith. Yeah, And so... Though we see the, oh, the amount of the world that's unsaved right now, what can I do as an individual? You know, that's what the pastor's for. He speaks to the couple hundred people we have on Sunday mornings, and I'm supposed to be faithful in my personal walk. And if God opens a door, you know, I'll take on a person or two. But if we're really intentional about it and knowing that not just by your own power, but God is able to use you and lead you uh, to discipling someone intentionally, we can make a drastic worldwide change within a couple generations, a few generations, uh, just by doing three people for 10 years, yeah. right? And that's that's a long time. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. But only three people. I might be like, really, you're just focusing on three people? Yeah. But it can make such a drastic difference. And it doesn't mean you're ignoring everybody no, else. Absolutely just not. You're not having the same level of intentionality. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, and it's something that I think three people's so obtainable because not everyone's job is pastoring or being involved in the church. So you have a job, you have your own family taking one person on intentionally to make sure you're regularly meeting to try and lead them farther into the faith uh, can be overwhelming to try and fit it into your uh, schedule but we're all supposed to be helping out and carrying each other's burdens and uh, mm-hmm. steering each other on the right path. And if we're not in deep relationship with people, how will we know that they're off the path if they look happy and cheery on Sunday morning? Yeah. You mentioned about carrying each other's burdens mm-hmm. in your sermon, and you just brought it up again. Like if, if we're walking with people to the extent that, you know, we're seeing where they're struggling and where, you know, maybe they're starting to veer off Mm -hmm. the path. Like, isn't life going to get pretty complicated? Because, you know, we we like to think that our, our Christian faith and our Christian lives can be these nice little neat and tidy kind of lives where, Everything is going right and nothing's going wrong. And if we're carrying everyone else's burdens, isn't it going to get a little messy? Where's this cheery life you're living? 
I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying I think we have this ideal in our head that, you know, if if we get if we're bumping up that close to somebody else's life, like there's no way that I can kind of keep that facade up. Is there? No, but you're only fooling yourself. <laughs> I mean, it, life's going to be messy inside, outside of the church. That's life, right? Was it uh, life, taxes, death, whatever the <laughs> phrase is that are unavoidable and, and part of life in a in a broken, fallen world is, is mess. Mm. And so that's going to be unavoidable. It's how we navigate that with the grace of God. Yeah. I don't know how many times, especially since COVID, I've heard time and time again of people saying, I don't know how people outside of the faith get through day-to-day life without mm. God. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's, it's things I reflect on is where is the hope? Yeah. Where's the hope without God? And it's not a false hope of we are leaning on religion to help us cope with this life and and what happens after this life. We know that our hope is true and founded in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's the mess is going to be there. And I think it's one of those things where we talk with our youth um, fairly occasionally of uh, the example of, do you ever find that like, you're really good at giving advice to your friends when they have problems. They're like, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, how good are you at following that advice that you give? They're like, oh, not at all. And and when you're, you know, in your head about what's going wrong in your life and all of these things, do you ever, you know, give yourself that same advice and actually listen to it? I'm like, no, absolutely not. It's like, no. So that's like the beauty of being in community together where it's a, okay, you know, instead of one person really struggling with their own thing, we have five people that love and care about them that want to help with that one thing Mm -hmm. and, and lean into that. And then you're, you don't have that weight on your own. So instead of just carrying it alone, you can have people help you, but then you're also able to more easily or more naturally lean into helping them because that seems to be easier. And that's community in general, but community in the faith is that the advice, the core values and how we do it is rooted in the truth of God's word. And that's what sets us apart because sometimes our friends can have the best intentions when they give advice, Mm. but if it's not rooted in truth, it can still steer you into bad areas, even if they Mm -hmm. have the best intention to do so. And so that's where I think, yes, it's messy, but you're not going to be able to avoid the mess in life and, um, and covering up the mess doesn't make it any easier or lighter of a load. Mm. And so I feel like we'd only be doing more harm to ourselves and damage to ourselves by not uh, allowing others to help us carry it. And it can be scary, especially if we're um, ashamed or worried about what people might think, if they heard about things that we really had going on behind the scenes. But with God's grace and and being cleansed by the blood of Jesus, we don't need to live in shame. Mm. And so if we can work to get past that, then no matter how that person reacts, whether they want to help or not help, that's on them. But that doesn't need to be added weight on to you, um, because I would hope, especially in this body, as we as we are our congregation, that people would see as we're in deep fellowship and, and discipleship that they don't have to worry about that. And that we would open our arms uh, to whatever issues they might have and be willing to help in any way we can. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think a big part of that is that fear of being judged, right? Mm. And you you talked about that in the sermon. And I was glad to see, you know, as early on in the sermon, I was like, well, how do how do we hold this intention with Matthew seven? Mm. And, and you got there, you got there, you you brought that in. So I was glad to see that. I almost read the whole thing, and then it's like I think I think people have heard it enough that yeah, summarize. Yeah, know. but. But don't we, somewhere along the way, have to make a judgment to recognize when someone is going off path? Mm. Right? Like, yeah. So, so what's the difference between making a judgment that, you know, someone is departing from the path mm. and judging that person? I think it's a acknowledgement versus a comparing yourself. Mm, So like, for example, um, in the Grand Canyon before all the bad stuff happened, uh, one of my friends dropped their water bottle and on the trail we're on, it's basically like 70 degree Canyon side three feet of path and then 70 degree drop off. Mm -hmm. And she dropped her water bottle and went down the slope, but like 20, 30 feet. So she was still able to get it. And so she took off her pack because she didn't want the extra weight. And she like crawled her way down to get this water bottle. So I'm coming up and I just see the pack there. And then I see her off. And so I'm like, Oh, she's off the path. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure I'm able to help her get back on the path. And so she's going in the right direction. I'm not going down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on that 70 degree angle i can't really help by being in the same crap situation she's in sure <laughs> uh and that would just slow us down and, and stop us from being able to continue on as a group right. as myself and even mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. by both of us being at risk being off that ledge but it wasn't a that's the acknowledgement and and trying to make sure that i don't also end up in the same situation but it's the difference between acknowledgement and comparison because I wasn't going, you're an idiot. How did you drop a water bottle? Are you kidding me? Yeah. There's basically and, a And why'd you go it. after it? Yeah. And why'd you go after it? I mean, we can share. We could have done a team thing to try and help get it together. And instead you decide to go rogue yeah. uh, on the side of the Grand Canyon. And so um, I think it's, it's not trying to mock or yell at her or be like, oh, well, at least I have all my water <laughs> intact and, and safely, uh, protected it's just uh acknowledgement realizing what part i can play without putting a risk for myself Mm. and comparing myself and thinking myself a better hiker or uh whatever it might be for not being in the same situation she was Mm -hmm. she knew she was off the path oh yeah right (laughs) she was under no illusions that she was where she was supposed to be on the hike. and and she thought that it would be worth it for her own good in the long run yeah that was her perspective at the time now this is very physical reality but for us sometimes it's okay what's something that we know we need whether it be money or something Mm. to survive and help our families continue we're like okay this might not be the exact way i want to get it but if i just go a little bit off of the path It'll be worth it because, like, I'm going to need this down the road right. versus trusting that God will provide it down the road. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in that same mentality. Yeah. Of it'll be worth the risk to go off just a little bit because I need the water. Sure. Um, versus God providing it in yeah. a dream or whatever it might be. Or 
a friend having an extra water bottle and that they can help you and walk alongside you and carry that burden with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference between making a judgment mm-hmm. and being judgmental. Yeah. Right. You know, one is it's, we do it all the time. We make judgments because mm-hmm. we have to discern whether something is good or bad, right or wrong. Um, but it's then what we do with that decision. If we, like you said, use it to you know, make that person feel terrible and berate them for the choice they made, the situation they found themselves in, that doesn't help anybody. But there is a point at which we have to say, oh, they're there. That's not where they're supposed to be. And then we have the choice to make. We can either criticize them for being where they are, or we can help them get back where they need to be. Yeah. And telling them every step of the way that they went wrong. Yeah. Be like, you could have just called for someone. Oh, well, you didn't have to go dead. Like, there's things instead of just, okay, where are they now meeting them where they're at? Mm Mm-hmm. And then trying to help them move forward. Yeah. Um, And part of moving forward means leaving that behind, right? You know, the whole rest of that hike, you could have, hey, make sure you don't drop your water bottle again. Hey, make sure you don't climb off the path again. We're running out of water. Yeah. I could have easily, imagine if we had that extra half a liter. Right. And so we were very blessed that we didn't get into a blame game with water. Well, that's our conversation for today. But that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.